Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where we discuss all things college admissions. Joel and I have been having conversations about college admissions for years, and now we bring those to you. Our goal is to provide information to you, the listener, about the world of college admissions, the processes involved, and the current issues that are a part of the journey to post-secondary education. I'm Chris Reeves, independent college counselor, and I'm here with Joel Ford, school counselor at Connor High School in Hebron, Kentucky. With us today is Mike Piergowski, English teacher at Indian Hill High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, podcast producer, an occasional contributing co-host, and also a resident grammarian and defender of the English language. That sounds like that should be in an echo. Defender, Ooh. defender, defender. Anyway. As our producer, maybe he can do that. Maybe he can do that. Defender yeah, of the English, English language. language. Anyway. Uh, Joe, listen, we've got a good episode planned today. As we'll be talking about the college essay process from the high school perspective. This last episode, you know, for all the listeners, was from the college perspective. Uh, but before we do that, you look like you have something you want to discuss. I do, actually. Um, it's a topic that is... Pretty recent in the news, and actually, I keep reading a, a lot of follow-up articles about it. Um, oh, I know what you're <clears> going to talk about. I know. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Fire it up. So I'm bringing it up not to talk about the particular college, but about their policy and their reasons for it. Yep. The, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, um, known to us mere mortals as MIT, <laughs> has announced that they are going to once again require applicants to have an ACT or SAT score as part of admission requirements. Yeah, yeah. Quote, our research shows standardized tests help us better assess the academic preparedness of all applicants <laughs> and also help us identify socioeconomically disadvantaged students who lack access to advanced coursework or other enrichment opportunities that would otherwise demonstrate their readiness for MIT, Dean of Admissions Stu Schmill wrote. We believe a requirement is more equitable and transparent than a test-optional policy, end quote. The requirement would start for students entering the university in 2023. So we're talking this year's juniors, which good to know as we're just a couple of months away from starting their application season. But if you remember, according to Fair Tests, there are over 1,800 colleges that have dropped testing requirements for fall 2022, and many uh, colleges have announced extending test optional policies. I'm looking at you, Harvard, or keeping test optional policies permanently. Yes, that's you, Cal State System of Schools um, and UC System of Schools. Yep. Um, MIT said that many schools offer the SAT or ACT for free which removes equity concerns related to accessing the test. And their research indicates accurate prediction of student success at MIT, especially in math. Now, I've read some counter articles since then. Um, some are even claiming MIT just likes being able to say, hey, all of our students scored 780 or higher on the math portion of the SAT. Look at us. But... My question for you, Mr. Reeves, is this. Do you think there is any validity to any of the arguments that MIT is making? Golly, I struggled with this. Uh, I have a point later in, like the very end. You know, this is going to show up again in the words of wisdom, I think. But, uh, you know, I asked a few of our friends, our guests included today, and like 
I, I just basically texted, do you believe this statement from MIT is true? I'm uncertain. You know, I didn't know. I struggled a great deal with this because, like, I do get it. MIT is a different animal. MIT is a completely different beast. Um, when NACAC was in Boston, I went on two tours. You know, I had been, did the Harvard tour and the MIT tour. Like, I know, I'm super original, right? But uh, I did those, and there was a student panel at MIT's. And basically, the students on that panel said every student who goes there at some point in their time asks themselves, why did I do this to myself? Like, this is hard. Like, being there is hard. It's, it's, I don't think Harvard's the same way. I just don't. People can argue, they can write, email, tweet, whatever. I don't think, I think the hardest part about Harvard's getting into it. After that, I'm not sure. I'm not saying there isn't high quality education by any, by any means. I'm saying like MIT is a different animal. And if you aren't, if you don't have the math preparedness, then you will, you will struggle. You won't, you will not succeed. I also trust the fact that they did actual research because it's MIT. I really do have a lot of faith in their statements. They also never really, they never abandoned this position. When they, when they went test optional because of COVID, I don't remember the language, but they never, ever abandoned that position. Right. So they have always felt that the best predictor of, of academic success at their school was was GPA and test scores, and I think the math is a is a big is a big thing. They also maybe somebody smarter than me can explain how, like socioeconomically disadvantaged students are disadvantaged in every position. They're disadvantaged when it comes to recommendations. We've talked about that. Mm. They're disadvantaged when it, in, in the testing, also in the application process. So I I don't know exactly what they're saying when it when they say that. Like I get the fact that. They might, those students might not have access to curriculum and opportunities that advantaged students would have, but I don't know how much that, that differs. I don't know how the test, taking the test changes that personally. And wouldn't the test agencies tell you that the best way to improve test scores is with a strong curriculum? They would. They would say, you know, prep classes aren't the best way to prepare for the test. They'd say a strong curriculum. Right. It's the best way to prepare for a test. So you think one would lead to the next. Is that what you're saying? Right. The other question I've gotten, you didn't ask this, but I'm going to share it. The other question I've gotten is, well, does this change everything? Now that MIT went, will everything follow? And I think the answer is not necessarily. No, I don't think so. I, I, I still believe that test optional policies are not a fad, but mm -hmm. it is a trend that will that will grow and continue. And yeah, MIT has every right to to do what MIT's doing. And I I like I trust their decisions. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they're necessarily right about disadvantaged students. I I just hope that you have to put work in to find disadvantaged students and and uh, underrepresented populations. You've got to put work in. You can't just put lip service in. Right. And then still have a low 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 percentage. Like if you're really going to do it, you got to go for it. You got to you got to find the people. Yeah. You got to you got to go to the college fairs. You got to go to the counselors. Go to the cities. Go to the country. Go to wherever. But you got to find the people and then admit them. Right. And you have to admit them over other people who are highly qualified. But you just have to do it if that's a goal and that's a mission. Colleges act like they almost sometimes they act like they just can't really do that. But if they put the work in, they can. 
I don't know if the test or not the test is is the actual difference right. <laughs> in, in students like that going to the schools. Well, I, it's interesting. You, you know, I, you talk about it being a different animal, and <clears throat> I've got a student that's there now, um, and actually he's on the tail end of, of his experience. And okay. um, I talk to him every semester, every two semesters, and just listening to him um, talk about his experience, and he's really enjoyed it. But after the first semester, you know, I said, do you feel like you were prepared to go there? And, I, you know, I'm thinking our school's curriculum and, and that sort of thing. And, and he's like, yes, but no. Um, <laughs> Maybe no one is. But, and that, that was kind of the impression. You know, you said that that, that panel said at some point you're going to question yourself. Yeah. I, I, I heard him say it, you know. Uh, one thing that popped up in my head after um, – after I decided that, that I wanted to talk about this for a minute, what about, if you remember pre-COVID, ACT was going to come out with the ability to take individual subsections? Oh, yeah. They, they're not doing that yet? I've, not that I've seen an email on yet. So the idea for those listening is you have to take it, you had to take it once, the full test, and then after that, you would be allowed to sign up for individual sections. Um, could that potentially be sort of a compromise since you have a school like MIT that's, that's so strong in math and science that maybe, maybe those are the scores that they, they want to see. I suppose even, you know, even in our area, there are certain dual credit classes. Our kids have to have a certain math score to take. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that becomes something in a, in a smaller sense. Of course, then but, as soon as I said that in my head, the the term SAT subject test just sort of popped back in there. So those are gone. Don't yeah, I, that. I know. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are we just going back to where we were? I, I don't know. Um, I think it's just proof that nobody really has it all figured out. Right. No, but I mean, it's just it's it's complicated. So, I really enjoyed. Remember way back when we had Rick Clark on here and Brennan mm -hmm. Bernard. Uh, Talked about that that concept of what if what if a, a small portion of of a college freshman class was chosen at random? Like, there's been discussion about that. Like, what you have all the qualified applicants? Yeah, you know, we'll just pick a third of them, of just pull them out of a hat. I don't yeah. know. Probably it probably would make life easier on the college admission side. Oh well, your ping pong ball just didn't get pulled. Sorry. See. Yeah, the end. So anyway, um, I just, I, you know, obviously this is a topic that's been going on for a long time. Um, I guess out of all this, when kids come to our offices asking about testing, stay tuned, kids, still. Um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So it, anyway, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk college essays. Um from the high school side. But first, this reminder that Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford is part of the NACAC College Admissions Podcast Network, where you can find a variety of podcasts that delve into the world of college admissions. For example, check out the Anchor Exchange, a PCACAC podcast. For those of you not in the know, that is the Potomac and Chesapeake Association for College Admission Counseling. Uh, anyway, the Anchor Exchange of Pakakak podcast where, quote, seasoned professionals will share their insight, but also highlight our colleagues who often work 
and innovate under the radar, the unsung heroes of our world. And with that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Joel, if you remember the last episode, and I know you do, we looked at the college admissions essay writing process from the perspective of the college reviewing applications. And the word I think resonated with both of us was authenticity or some variation of that word. Uh, our guest, Ken Anselman, he was a ton of information and perspective from the college side for us to consider. But in this episode, we want to go back to the beginning and talk about the essay process from the high school side right. and what we see. So to do that, we need someone who is knowledgeable about the college process. So not us. And about like the writing not process. Us. Well, well, don't sell yourself short. All right, buddy. yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll don't see. Don't sell yourself short. Okay. Um, so about the college process and the writing process, perhaps someone who does both things well. Now that may have disqualified you, Mr. Reeves. I don't know. <laughs> but in preparing for this episode, it hit me. I'm the only non-English teacher in this group, although I have a secret love for the English language and for proper use of grammar and sentence. You do. You I do. just want to say that. But I'm not a professional like everyone else in the room. And then I just decided to disqualify you, Chris, because you are a co-host of this podcast. So nobody... We, nobody wants so, to listen to us anyway. So, no, so we need a guest. We need a guest. Saying. We need, we need a, good a guest. guest. All right. Yeah. I, I will say you do have degrees in English and school counseling, but I disqualified you from consideration. But we do indeed have someone who can fit the requirements, who apparently, according to my screen, is a Detroit Tigers fan. Who knew? Didn't know they still had fans, but they do. And Chris, tell us who our guest is for today's discussion. It's been a long time coming. Today's guest is Derry Pickin, college counselor and English teacher at Kentucky Country Day School in Louisville, Kentucky. Derry joined KCD in 2012. Prior to that, he worked as an admissions counselor at Center College in Danville, Kentucky, taught English at Tuscaloosa Academy in Alabama. That's why he's an Alabama fan. Okay. Uh, he has also coached as the head tennis coach and assistant cross-country coach at KCD. He has served as the membership committee chair for the Kentucky Association for College Admission Counseling, KYACAC, bachelor's degree in English from Center College, and a master's degree in English literature from the University of Alabama, also a reason he's an Alabama fan. Uh, I can also tell you some stories outside the professional setting, but that's offline, everyone. Leave that for another time. That's Derry, the extended thank, tapes. Derry, thank, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. D Derry, did we get your LinkedIn profile correct? You did get the LinkedIn profile correct. I wanted to acknowledge, because I know this is an audio format, that Joel did use scare quotes around the word knowledgeable. <laughs> so, <laughs> so our listeners understand. <laughs> the, you know, there's there's been several times where, again, our past guest and your coworker, um, Danny Easley, you and I have been at national conferences, basically ignoring all of the of the social events so that we can kind of just hang out and talk with our with, with each other. But like we've had good talks about college stuff. 
I mean, some things that have changed thing the way I've thought about, I've thought about stuff. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, we've done that for years. I mean, going back to the the Denver NACAC conference, but 10 years ago. So oh, yeah, really? so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm excited to chat with you all today. I we don't have well. Here's what we have. We have questions for you. Lots of lots of questions, and hopefully those questions lead to lead to discussion. But I mean, you do do you spend a lot of time working with kids and helping them find their story and figuring out what they're going to write about for their essays? Well, so first, uh, am I allowed to swear on this show? It, Not it is, too much. It is what about family friendly? Can I smoke on this show? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. I started I, mean, I started smoking cigarettes recently and I just I thought, you know, just for the health benefits. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you. so yeah, so I'll meet with uh with students to try to suss out uh a story that makes a, a, a good college essay. They I think by and large high school students think that what they do is uninteresting. And so a student who, let's say, let's say that you have a, a student who's not a star athlete, is not really involved with student government at the school, right. doesn't really have a, a club that they're, that they're leading or sort of a, a main story about them. Like, oh, that's the Kuna kid. Or, oh, that's the kid who, uh, you know, is our best golfer or whatever. They still do interesting stuff that I think adults think is really cool. They think is kind of boring. So let's say, for example, you know, they spent the summer reading all of Jane Austen's books or they got into whittling or, you know, let's say they um, they make beats on their computer, something like that. You know, we might as adults think hey, that's actually a pretty cool sounds kind of neat. So it's trying to find out in some ways what they think is is boring can make for a really good and, and interesting college essay. So where do you start that conversation? Just trying to get to know them a, a little bit better. You know, when, when we meet with students as juniors, um, we have their uh, parents fill out a, a survey um, that says, you know, describe your kid, the, um, you know, what three words come to mind. Our, my favorite question on the survey is, what's a mistake you have allowed your kid to make? Oh, good what, one. What, what was the, the outcome of that? So you'll get, um, you know, because students won't want to talk about a, a failure necessarily. But the mistake could be something silly, like, um, you know, the mistake I allowed my kid to make was she wanted to join the lacrosse team. And I knew that she wasn't the best athlete, but she did it anyways. And, you know, she kind of phased out of it, whatever. But it taught her that, you know, you have to persevere. You have to recognize your your strengths and weaknesses, whatever. A more interesting response that we got recently when we asked parents to talk about a mistake that they allowed their kid to make was their son learned how to apologize. And I thought for what I didn't, I didn't get the context of whatever that story was. But so when I meet with the student, you know, next year, I'm going to go back. It's like, okay, let's talk about what this apology looked like, what it, what it meant. You know, I think students think that a college essay has to be how they um, are number one in their class, how they're the best leader, how they're an embodiment of the school's motto. Sometimes a great essay can just be like, Tell me a time you had to apologize. You know, make it a small moment instead of a, a large, earth-shattering one. So, um, totally, totally agree with that. You talk about like you, I wrote down, it taught her. So, like that sentence starter in a way is the the the, the reason you would write an essay. Right, right. Um, I 
you know, I guess I'll bring his name up because it's going to come up when we talk about essays. But Ethan Sawyer, college essay guy, you know, you know, I really kind of follow his mm-hmm. his path. And he talks about trying to find the next level of that, too. You know, like if you if you do, let's say, I mean, this is very generic in a way, but let's say you are, you know, working in a soup kitchen, that sort of thing. And your takeaway is I have learned to appreciate what I have. Like, well, okay, fine. Like everyone else there did too. Mm-hmm. So what's the next thing? Like what else did it teach you? Yeah. You also said something I think is interesting too. Find that small moment. Um, I don't know. What, how, I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I talk about, and I'd like to hear what you think about that, mm-hmm. is like, okay, uh, the mission trip. I, uh, kids, I think, tend to want to write. I call it the wheels up to wheels down essay, okay. <laughs> which is, you That's know, I, I packed my bag, and then I found a suitcase, and I took it to the airport, and I got on the plane, and like this whole thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Give me the 30 seconds that changed your life while you were, while you were there. Yeah. Give us that image, that picture. And then let's talk about, and then at the same time, the first point that you made, which is, okay, what else did it teach you? Mm-hmm. What are, what are the, how did, how did you, how did you grow from that? Uh, so I don't. Those essays always end too with, you know, because I made one kid smile, then, you know, it's like <laughs> helping build this, this, uh, this school made a bunch of Haitian children smile at me. Like that's the end of the yes. They all they always end like that. Oh, oh man. That, yeah, that, that sort of. But then, so how do you? Co- how would you coach that kid? So they come in, are really proud of it. I mean, they mm-hmm. did this great. They, they did this great work. They they went overseas. They they really you know proud of themselves. It's mm-hmm. something they never experienced. So they come in. They have this piece of writing. This whole story. What where do you where do you, what do you say to that student? So so I'll even take it one step further. Let's say that's the only real global experience this kid has had okay that that like i said they maybe they're not the star athlete they're not the leader of the club they don't have a hardship they've had to endure or overcome let's say this is really a a truly kind of defining moment for them first of all it's it's colleges are asking students to have a sort of um experience that enables perspective some kids don't have that some kids are just high school kids who are taking their classes because that's what their older brother took they're going to college because that's what their parents are asking them to do. They're just kind of floating along. So, so let's say that this that this mission trip experience was the thing that the student did that they find, you know, personally exceptional. Then I would say, don't make it about a wheels up to wheels down. I don't want to hear about packing your bag. I don't want to hear about smiling children. Change the story with your form. So you don't have to be creative in the content. Let's say the content is what it is. Right. But if you can change the form of it, like let's say, for example, you want to make it about dialogue or uh, you want to make it about um, an exercise in translation. So, you know, let's say the students you were working with didn't speak English. Show me that through dialogue, how you communicated with this smiling child, your English translation, then maybe you could phoneticize how they were responding back. You know, then it's still the same mission trip kind of story. But right. it's done with in a different in a different form. Oh man, I'd like to read that. See, that's good. Because I mean, you would love to say, no, seventeen year old, you need to have more perspective. You need to have read John Updike. You need to have read, you know, <laughs> The New Yorker. You got to know your stuff. But some kids just don't. This is the only thing that they've that they've done that they feel 
as I said, as something that they feel is exceptional. So if that's the case, I would say the same for, you know, tearing your ACL, that, that college essay, or right. we lost the regional championship last year, <clears throat> but we worked hard and this year we won it. Those kinds of stories you hear all the time is then instead of changing the content or trying to create a, an experience, it would be go to go to the form of it. You know? I, I do like playing with structure. I think, mm-hmm. I think essays can change greatly and be much, much improved playing, just playing, playing simply with, with structure. Definitely. Yeah. Drop you in the middle. Uh, what is it like in medias race? Or I don't know how you say that, <laughs> whatever that like. Latin oh, term no, is. I like, don't know the term. I don't the know the story that, that starts in the middle of it. I remember this from ninth grade English class reading the Odyssey that it doesn't begin when Odysseus is born. It begins with him trapped on the, on the, I, Gary, I like... that's why you're the guest today. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> We've already talked about John Updike. Yeah. Let's quote Homer. Shall Homer, we? Homer. <laughs> pull... Look, ninth grade, I had to read the Iliad and the Odyssey. Maybe, no, maybe it was 10th. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to read both of those in a year. So that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can same, I... same year I was assigned David Copperfield. Lovely. <laughs> can, can I go back? I, I just want to ask real quick. Cause I see it. You were talking about kids feeling like they have to have that earth-shattering story. Yeah. How do you convince them when, you know, you can tell them, oh, you don't have to have anything earth-shattering. But I feel like kids will sit there and look at you and like, okay, I hear you, but I really need something Mm earth-shattering. Like, how do you convince them that it's okay to just be them and tell their story? Yeah, I mean, that's not something that happens after the result of a single conversation. Um, but it's, you know, you, you mentioned the word authenticity beforehand that uh, let, let's say, you know, the quality you want colleges to know about you is that you are generous or the quality you want colleges to know is that you're, you're kind. A, a small essay about a moment of kindness or a moment of generosity, if written well, if, you know, something that the student has thought about a lot that can show authenticity. So it's, it's trying them to, to think instead of like earth shattering is this large, uh, this large style of essay is to go small, mm-hmm. you know, make it about like, a, like I said, a moment of generosity, a moment of kindness, a moment of forgiveness, a moment of self-reflection, whatever. And, uh, and instead of thinking of it in large terms to try to think of it in, in smaller ones. So, so less of what you've done and more of who you are. Yeah. Cause what they've, what you've done is elsewhere on your college application. Right. You know, you show that in the activity section or whatever. So the essay is the, the one spot where you get to add color to an otherwise black and white document. And that color doesn't have to be, <laughs> earth shattering it can just it it can be something smaller i think you can find those through some some good brainstorming i'm going to run through some brainstorming i do that i learned from ethan college Mm -hmm. essay guy collegeessayguy.com you know he's he's a very very good dude but i do these little brainstorming activities we I'm going to run through the, the, he would call these like, here's different pathways mm-hmm. to, to finding the essay you want to do. So he'll, he would give you one minute and he would say, all right, finish this sentence. I love, and you just brainstorm. Joel and I did this exercise in one of his sessions at the mm-hmm. NACAT conference. And we sat side by side. We actually had to like trade each other's answers and do some stuff with that. 
You're like, so, I love episode four of season one the best that we've done. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> I love, in order, episode three, four, <laughs> five, six. <laughs> uh, I love, and then I know. So, mm-hmm. you know, what do you know a lot about? Like, I know a lot about hiking. I know a lot about this. And then you're starting to lead to topics you might write about. He has the essence objects exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all done that one where you have a little a hypothetical box and you put all these items that are meaningful to you in this box. Sometimes a tangible object could mm-hmm. lead to a good essay. Another path, he a skill or superpower. That's a hard one for me to explain, but if somebody's superpower is generosity or whatever, you know, kindness or whatever they want to share, like you had mentioned, if they know what they want to do at the end of their high school and college and they know their career, that's a path. Uh, you, their identities could be a path. So you have a, kid, you have a kid say, I am a blank. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am a son or I am a daughter or I am a. I'm left-handed. Boy scout. I am. Right. I am. Yeah. So, you know, all these different identities can lead to a good essay. Uh, your home. So I am at home when I'm blank. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm at home on a golf course. Mm-hmm. That's just, I feel super comfortable. I'm not good. I'm not saying that, but I'm very <laughs> comfortable on the golf course. Uh, so one place or many places. And then another pathway he would call an uncommon activity. I have a, a personal a personal student I work with. This is going to be so much fun. First of all, she's the coolest. Absolutely the coolest. But she drag races. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, this is going to be the the coolest essay. And she, like, I think she can write. Uh-huh. I, th- I think she can write. And it'll be it'll be super cool. So an uncommon activity leads to a fantastic essay. But I have, I have yet to come across somebody who didn't hit something mm-hmm. along the way. So if I'm doing – if I'm running the brainstorming, then that's part of the conversations there, mm-hmm. that, like, that you're having. And if I, if I hear one on like path two, we don't go to the rest of the paths. Mm-hmm. We're just like, there's your essay. Yeah. If you had that conversation before, like stop, that's your essay. Oh, definitely. Or even reading a, a, a long draft. Let's, let's do the wheels up to wheels down, you know, uh, essay we talked about a minute ago. But right. there's a line at the second to last paragraph where they mention like, oh, um, you know, I felt bad because my little brother couldn't come on the trip. Something like, okay, that's, let's talk about that. Why that's the story. Run? That's, that's the story. And that's a better story and a more original one than the, than the wheels up, wheels down mission trip essay. No, I, um, this, this current, I have a current senior at a local high school and absolutely convinced there was nothing to write about. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like my life, I, and they're, they're really like, listen, I, like I appreciate the fact that I haven't had struggles. I appreciate what my parents have done for me. I appreciate, of course. But a lot of people who, who I can, I get to work with, you know, haven't had a lot of barriers. Um, and we got down to just talking, and like she does her own charcuterie boards, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she sells them, and she has a business with her mom. I'm like, girl, girlfriend. Listen, that's your if essay. You can spell charcuterie, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And she's here's the greatest part. Well, my mom told me I should write about that, but I just thought it was no good. I'm right, like, no, no. Right. Your mom is right. <laughs> like, I'm like, that there's your that's your essay. Yeah. But but 
here's the next step. Like, are we going to talk about how you construct a board or are you going to talk about like how it built? I'm assuming when you do this with your mom, like it's building your relationship and things mm-hmm. have changed between you. Like, are we, maybe, maybe that's something you might, you want to focus on. Yeah. So the essay is not, this is what I would say with any topic. The essay is not about charcuterie. The right. essay is about the relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. And we're using charcuterie as the vehicle to, to, to share this and to, and to, to share this with the college. We met with uh, an admissions counselor last year who said uh, he read an essay about someone's grandfather that the student really admired grandpa and uh, learned all this, uh, all these life lessons from him. And at the end of the essay, the admission counselor looked at him and said, I'd really like to admit your grandfather. Oh, wow. But but I haven't learned enough about you. About you. I I get that the stories about your grandfather is an important figure in your life. And that's great that you have that relationship, but you got to change the focus. It has to be about you, not not the subject in some ways. Actually, last year I did. So that would be what a year and a half ago, probably in that at the time frame of this essay. Worked with it with with a grandfather essay, mm-hmm. and did we did a lot of talking about. It's got to be about you. It's got to be about you. It's got to be about like we're going to pay all due respect to your yeah. grandfather and and some good imagery, some good stories are awesome, <laughs> but. The essay's got to be about you. Yeah. I'll say, too, the, the other side of that. So what I've talked about so far is the student who feels like they don't have great life experiences, that they don't right. have this earth-shattering thing. There are students that have um, more life experience than they deserve, and students who have had a lot of hardship and mm-hmm. who at 17 have had to deal with a lot more adversity than I have at, at 38. Yeah. But, Derry, 38? What, wow, you could easily pass for 35. I thought... Well, I know that. It, but, I was thinking way younger. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It's I eat a lot of vegetables. I moisturize. <laughs> I do some push-ups. Some push-ups. <laughs> but anyway, so, so the student that, that has had hardship, the essay does not have to be a confessional. That they shouldn't feel like what they're telling a stranger has to be soul-bearing. Yeah, maybe the college, maybe this is a a private person and they don't want people to know these terrible things about them. So it's it's um, finding for that student, it's finding a way to to if they want to talk about hardship, to acknowledge it without going into detail about it, that keeping some of that private in some ways can make it a a more interesting essay because it leaves the reader wanting more or right well or or i've seen kids who don't want to tell that story because they don't want the college to think that they're just using that to get in you know like they they, don't they don't want to tell the story because they don't want to tell their parents right oh yeah i have on occasion had a student do two essays Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's happened like one or two times the parent friendly and then the real one yeah 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 uh, you know, a good example that I can remember what you're talking about, Derry, is we had a we had a kid at Beachwood. I wish I could catch up with him. Maybe he works in the summer at school sometimes. I should run up there, my old school, and see him someday. But he, he had gone through cancer from like, I don't know, I forget. I wasn't around, but I think it was like maybe diagnosed in fourth or fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And he basically kind of got the all clear in 10th or 11th. So it was like a significant part of his life. Oh, yeah. And he did write about it. We talked about it a lot, uh, whether he was even going to. Mm-hmm. 
because the whole point of his essay is he doesn't want to be he didn't want to be the kid who survived cancer. Right. Right. So the point of the essay wasn't overcoming things or this or that. The point of the essay is like I realize I'm writing about this at the same time. I don't want to be the kid like that. That's not my that's not what defines me. Mm-hmm. And you know, he didn't tell all the gory details. Right. You know. Right. Um, I think God, sometimes I like this, this isn't probably and this is sort of tangential to our our conversation, but. Sometimes, our readers can follow along. Right, our listeners right. can follow along. It'll be great. <laughs> Sometimes I think college admissions people want to admit college graduates and not high school seniors. You think they feel that way sometimes? Sometimes. Like they, act that way. Like they mean, say one thing but maybe act that way? Well, we've read 100 essays from the, like the sports essay or the, you know, a torment ACL essay or the grandfather essay, whatever. And we, sometimes we know like this is the best that this kid is capable of. And it's, it's, if you know them, this is really a true and good story. I think colleges sometimes can be a little harsher about it. There's, um, there's one person who I really, really do trust and has worked our camps before and has read essays, but she's a little brutal, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little brutal yeah. when it comes to like, cause I, I don't know if you find this, this is talking about tangential. It's going to keep going in the down, down that path. But I find myself accepting essays because I know what the kid's capable of. Yeah. I'm like, this is as good as you're going to do. Like in my head, mm-hmm. I don't say like, this isn't that great, but it's as good as you're going to do. But I, like, I get a feel over time for like, that's pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. nice job. Like you've done a great job. We're not going to, we're not going to try harder. We're not going to redo the whole thing. Like this is, this is going to, this is going to suffice. This is going to do. And that's still a form of authenticity. I think, you know, adding on like more adjectives or, you know, SAT vocabulary is, isn't going to sound like a real essay from that kid. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's been some that I've let grammar mistakes go because I mean, I read one, this is just probably 10 or 15 years ago. I mean, this essay was just about, it was about having ADHD and not taking medicine. Mm. And the essay was so authentic. And one of the lines, I still remember one of the lines in there. And he basically, he said, Every now and then, I had to just accept my shameful walks to the principal's office. But that is was that was better to me than not being me. Yeah. In the because the medicine didn't make me me, and like it was it it was just it flowed so well. And what student wants to admit that they're in trouble all the time and they have yeah. to go to the principal's office? You yeah. Know, you don't want yeah. you don't want college to ever see any dirt like that. But if this kid's honest about it, that sounds great. Oh my great. gosh! But. It was all for like a moral principle of like, I'm going to be myself and not take the medicine. Mm-hmm. It gives me chills, man. Just yeah, like some of cool. these essays. I'm like, that's, that's, but that's all, that, that is authentic. I can't do my taxes without like getting in the fetal position and sobbing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they call my dad like, dad, is it a one or a zero? And this kid's like authentic enough to do it right. that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's really cool. I mean, there's. There's just so many essays that that keep running in my mind. I, I'm hoping, like you know, again, the listeners just kind of appreciate some of these examples. I, as far as structure goes, I remember one where she wanted to, the, the young lady wanted to write about running the flying pig with her dad, the marathon in Cincinnati mm-hmm. here, and I was we were just trying to find like the moment to begin, you know, dropping in the middle somewhere, mm-hmm. and it ended up just structurally she just told the essay backwards. She started at the finish line, 
And because that's the most exciting part, the most visually stimulating and noise and all right. that crossing the finish line. It just kind of went backwards through the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it was more about her relationship with her dad, mm-hmm. but and not overcoming an injury and running the race. Like we, we, we abandoned that yeah. and went, went to like ran with dad mm-hmm. and it was cool. Um, but the structure changed that completely. All right, Joel, get us back focused. Where are we at? Well, <laughs> uh, we're all over the place, but that's cool because because I'm I'm just sitting here soaking soaking the knowledge up. But there are a couple of questions that I I really would like Derry to kind of sure. get into. Okay, cool. Yeah, we could do because we can. E- we've done this for hours before. Well, e- we could do it again for hours. But right. you know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. So either the college asking why you mm. or why us. Why this major, the, the why questions. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend a student do with those? The why us essays are almost always shorter. Also, Comment Up, I think, gives you 650 words. It's pretty typical to see 250 as the max for the, for the why us essay. So it's, I, I think, an acknowledgement of your audience is more important in the why us essay than in the standard essay. By that, I mean, if you recognize that the Why Us essay is a way to track demonstrated interest, it takes some of the pressure off of uh, flowery language and beautiful sentence structure and, and things like that. I think, yeah. I think where it's easier to apply to more schools now than it was 10 years ago, uh, colleges want to know that you are a legit applicant. You're not just applying just to throw your hat in the ring and see that you've done your homework. So the Why Us essay, I'll counsel students to say as many specific things about the college as possible. Let's say you wanted to apply to, you know, Reeves University because of its great professors, its study abroad program, and its internship opportunities. Tell me any college in the country that doesn't have study abroad internships. and They all have it. But maybe at Reeves University is where they have this, um, this tradition of... You know, you get thrown in the fountain on your birthday or they have uh, a thing where, you know, one day in the spring when the, the bell rings and the, the tower, then classes are canceled. You know, something really specific to that school. That's what I would make the YS essay about. I've always wanted to go to Reeves University and I can't wait for the, the time when I hear the bell ring. Or the night before, you know, uh, when I wake up in, um, on October 24th, I'm going to put my bathing suit on because I know that I'm getting tossed in the fountain on my birthday. That's a much more specific thing to say about Reeves University than it is just about lowercase c college. So, so getting as specific as you can, if you visited campus and you remember like a little tidbit from the, the tour guide, great. If you haven't visited campus, look up some trivia on, online. <laughs> I, had someone, I had someone this year tell me that a, the tour guide told them to put the tour guide's name Oh yeah, in the essay, and I like had never really, like I didn't, I still didn't, I don't. Maybe I buy it now. I didn't buy it. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, yeah, is that, is that gonna like really change right. your, your admission status? I, I there's one other thing on, on this type, Joel. Um, I I think of this essay as two halves. So the first half of the like, let's say a kid's got three or four YS essays. The first half, in a sense, I know it's going to change some, but the first half, I think, is more about the kid. 
So here's what I want in a college. Here's what I'm looking for. This is what, what I need. And in that sense, it's personal. And then the second half is the specific items that Derry's talking about. And then you're almost proving why that college it's the fits. right fit. Mm-hmm. It's the right fit because I've already demonstrated without even mentioning like lowercase c, this is what I'm looking for in a college. I need mm-hmm. a college where there's an academic environment like this. You know, since I plan to be, you know, in the business world, um, I need I need an internship that really leaves me with something at the end. I, you know, and, and maybe even a why about that. And then at Reeves College, this program or that program really is going to fill those buckets and fill those things I need. But it's hard to do that both halves when the, some 250 is a good amount, but when it's 100. Yeah. <laughs> It's right. it's a lot harder to get it to have to have both of those halves of that essay. It's always harder to write a shorter essay than than a long one. I think, I think students that that I've worked with struggle. I get it. You know, <laughs> when you say describe yourself in three words, how do you do that to really capture? It's impossible. Some sometimes yeah. I'll get again. This I don't mean to sort of rail against colleges, but we if, do that here on Get Some Times. <laughs> <laughs> Colleges sometimes, I think, have a hard time distinguishing themselves amongst other schools. When you've sat in your counseling offices at your respective high schools over the years, you hear a college rep come in and say, we have great professors, we have study abroad, we have internships. Everyone says that. Small class so, sizes. Best small class sizes. Ever. Exactly. So that, that's, all, all, that's all of it. You know, we have um, uh, blue lights on campus, the safety lights. So we're like LED, LEED, LEED certified. You know, all the stuff that you hear right. over and over again platinum so, right so colleges are asking students to find what's distinct about the school when the schools have a hard time even doing it themselves yeah and I so, think they, again this yeah. says this isn't productive it's just a way for me to complain about it but sometimes i'm like why do colleges that for a hundred word essay what are you expecting to get from that that's it's not a measure decisions. of demonstrated interest yeah if you're just want, like here's a hundred words for you to tell me how great i am Right. It just seems like a waste. It just seems like a waste. I, I wonder. Could... I'd like to talk to admission reps, like all, like maybe not live, but to uh, as they're reading them, do they sometimes even think, "Why do we ask this?" Well, I'm sure, because they probably get like you're applying to University of Alabama, for example. Like, how many of those essays say "Roll Tide"? Eighty percent. Eighty-five. Eighty-five. <laughs> right. Right. Well, how many of them end with evil. like? Yeah, like exactly, but like a reference to the college mascot. Like, I can't wait to be a Badger uh, at University oh, of Wisconsin. Or, up. You know, that yeah. leads to the next question. This is more fun. Okay, all full disclosure. We're not making fun of any individuals, but this is just what we do. All right, when we're okay. like at a brewery in Seattle, whatever right. at conference, like this is what we do. But pet peeves when it comes to writing. It could either be what we're talking about now, like the prompts and college stuff, or or pet peeves that. And, I, and students just don't know and are falling into a trap and things we try to help avoid in, in writing. Oh, man. So Because you, uh, you just said I, one. I, I, I hope to be a badger someday. Yeah, yeah. Joel. I, I have one that's a, it, it's a grammar thing, but it irks me to no end. And I don't know if it's because we're in Kentucky or not. But <laughs> when, when kids should use the verb have, H-A-V-E, mm. and they use the preposition of, of. O-F, I could. I could have. Uh, could have. Yeah. Oh, right. that drives me nuts. Yeah, there uh. are there are some grammar things that. <laughs> when, did, when did when did Google make high school one word? Oh, great question. Yeah, because I was ragging on kids every time, not like in a bad way, really, but like 
You know, that's because when I when I help kid ed, edit an essay and I'm using air quotes for that because I don't really do that. I, I don't sit back and say, you know, there's an error in line four you need to find. Like, right. I don't do that. Like, right. I, like, I'll say, look, this needs to be could have. And then I teach the grammar rule so that as they proceed, they, they're learning along the way. Um, but high school, one word. Who knew? What gets me is not. when they say, um, uh, I could care less instead of I couldn't, couldn't care, care less. Like, if you could care less, then start caring you? less. What's stopping you, right? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Care less. Keep, keep caring There's until, no limit. You, until you can't care less. <laughs> right, right. Um, I there, there's one there's one that I actually see really in in public speakers, um, administrators, but people are who, mm. so like they're not that. Yes. So my professors that tell me this, or my teachers that I'm like, no no, people are who. Right. Right, and I maybe maybe it's so commonly used that it's not a big deal, and I'm just I'm the annoying one. But in in students' writing, it's very possible that I am the annoying one. But in students' writing, I think it does make a does make a big difference just by yeah. using who when who should be used. Right, right. My um my sister got married, uh, in March, and I was talking with her maid of honor about her toast, and we were kind of going back and forth about like what are the tropes you hear in best man or maid of honor speeches, and it's like. For those of you who don't know me, I'm blah, blah. And we're like, oh, you can't, Elena, you cannot say that. For those of you that don't know me. Or if it's something like, you know, the birthday parties, the sleepovers, the blah, blah, blah. You know, you are my best friend. It's like, just get rid of all that. Just get rid of it. Just get into it. Uh, I have been, and this this comment is something also, I, I don't know. I think it helps in the writing. I think it helps to come across and, and it doesn't, I don't think it takes away voice, but um, this, these, those are not pronouns. Mm-hmm. So like this comment or this situation, mm-hmm. there are articles and I try to get students in their writing not to, not to have, I just, that's something I see a lot. It's not a pet peeve. It's just mm-hmm. something that, that, that I notice when, you know, those starting sentences, this made me feel blank. Mm-hmm. Like this, what? I mean, I know it's kind of easy to figure out. Yeah. But this isn't a pronoun. And I just try to teach them that in their writing. So. Well, I'll think, I'll think, um, you know, I've creative writing and English teachers love to use the sentence show, don't tell. Uh, so right. if, if in that essay you're talking about this made me feel sad, that sentence, I would say, instead of telling me what it made you feel, Show me what sadness looks like. So you could say, my lip trembled, or I cried. That's showing exactly. rather than telling that you were sad. It's a, that's a hard thing to do. That's usually like a last edit for me is getting into to that sort of nitty gritty sentence stuff of saying, you know, you can't just say you were nervous when blah, blah, blah. Show me what nervousness looks like. Is it your hands are sweating? Is it you can't focus? Is it your heart rate increases? Like, that's a more memorable image and line than saying I was nervous. I also can't stand the phrase I personally believe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For a variety of reasons, but that, that just, oh, that's good. I, like, why are you saying it otherwise if you didn't believe it? But, right. But that right. does lead to this question because I, I do have a disagreement with someone in my building for these type of essays. How do you feel about the word I? I have mean? no problem with it. 
I, you I have d- to use it. No, I well, I don't disagree, Mr. Reeves, but I have heard counter arguments to this. There's not a counter argument. Okay. <laughs> wow. That was easy. Chris, where were you? That, yeah. That's a yeah. great, like, but you have, I just want to clarify, you have no problem with I. It's in a this personal style, statement. No, just have, have whoever is arguing with you listen to this episode. That's why I asked it, Mr. Reeves, so I can cite this episode. That's hilarious. I mean, I think, so. you know, in, a, in an English paper, you know, you don't want to say, I believe that, uh, the Great Gatsby isn't so great, or whatever. You could you just say <laughs> the Great Gatsby isn't so great. You don't have to say I believe. Right, right, right. right. Like, but that's a different. It's a different style of of writing. I think for for students, they have a hard time approaching the college essay because they haven't written a lot of personal statements like this before. Mm-hmm. Maybe an English assignment, maybe a creative writing assignment, or whatever. But when they're taught, you can't use I, and all of a sudden you you say, "Here's an essay where you have to talk about yourself." I could see that being uncomfortable and i'll go i'll go further i'll go further and say i don't think they've been asked to think this way yeah which is how did you get to where you are and like do you understand why you are the way you are based on these things that have happened to you Mm -hmm. like do you understand how this event impacted you and affected you and how you're different because they basically students will tell me i just haven't really thought about like i didn't and it's, I mean, I, I know it's silly, but I, I like, I like job essays. They always turn out pretty well. Yeah. Like a kid who's got a cool job. I had one that was doing a, he worked at a car wash. He just talked about the different people and the different cars that came through and, <clears throat> excuse me, and just, you know, like kind of learning from that. But the essay can't just be about that. It's, I teach the hero's journey and I, again, stealing this from Ethan Sawyer as far as understand that understanding, but what is the new status quo? And how did you like, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, but asking them to think that way is even foreign to them. Mm-hmm. I like asking what's what's a um, customer service experience at your job? Or, oh yeah, you know, like then you get great sort like if they work at Starbucks, like the long orders or you know, I said That's simple syrup, not stuff. complicated syrup or whatever. You get some <laughs> right. funny some funny stories that way. Yeah, yeah, it's. But I guess we, we've talked – I think if a student's listening to this, they're probably still wondering, well, I didn't learn anything yet. So, so I, would, I, would, I would summarize and say you know, you're going to be, be yourself. You're not going to try too hard. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to think about like how you've grown as a person. Whatever the story is, whatever has made you grow in some way, is that's, that's, that's what you're actually writing about. The topic can be many different things. I do not – ban topics. I know that some people will say, never, ever, ever write the ACL injury essay. Mm-hmm. But I say you, you can write that essay. You, your takeaways need to be pretty insightful mm-hmm. because it's a common topic. Right. The more common the topic, the more insightful you need to be. It's kind of that sort of thing. But I don't ban any topic. We just have to spend more time on it. I don't know. I don't know if you do or not. And it's, you know, it's cool if you do, but I, I try not to ban a topic for a kid. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, well, I wanted to go back to one thing you said. Uh, okay. A piece of a, uh, something that a student could learn from listening to this. Um, you might write your uh, your term paper the night before it's due. You might write the poetry analysis uh, during your free period before class starts. This essay is going to take more time than that. You're going to write it yep. for twenty five minutes, and you're going to put it away and come back to it a week later. It's so you have to allow time. <laughs> 
to allow yourself the time to to really to really work on it. So so I would say that. But but going back to your um, band things, sometimes uh, politics can be tough. Sometimes religion true. can be tough because um, yeah, again, you yeah, don't know true. who is exactly reading your. But there's but there are ways to talk about politics without being political, um, and uh, so I would say for for ones like that, you just need to be a little bit more careful. But I wouldn't ban it. No, no, I agree with that. The, the, the sensitive issue in our area was um, the March for Life trip. Mm. Oh, that's right. Because that was right down the street from where I was. Yeah, work. yeah. Um, and that's probably something they shouldn't write about. Right. Um, although colleges wanted to know, several colleges got a hold of the school mm-hmm. and wanted to know, like, hey, was this applicant there? Yeah. And That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but it was. I mean, it's just a bad deal, all all the way around. Mm-hmm. So, I worked with a few people, uh, and and what happened in my mind was the growth piece hadn't sunk in. You know, because yeah. because I I feel like they ended up on the defensive, mm-hmm. which didn't allow growth. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, what. Maybe you feel like you weren't as wrong as everyone said you were, but what did you learn from it? And right. like there, there was like nothing there yet. Right. As far as what the, like, like the growth piece. So it ended up being a bad topic because there was no growth. Right. Not because it was political or this or that. It's just because nobody learned anything from it. Right. I think, I think that idea of growth is a really important part of just the college essay in general. You know, I was this person, then um, my grandfather died, and now I am this person on the other side of the, the hero's or, journey. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was that's this the, person. That's, that's and, the hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. Then something happened, a, a point of no return, and now I think about that problem differently. Or I yeah. got a C in geometry, and then I studied, and I ended up with a C plus, but still I learned something. You know, whatever that, whatever. Yeah, that whatever. Is. Minor, however minor the the content, the growth can be big. Yeah. And meaningful, and if it has a good structure, like you said, and it's interesting to read, and it has personality and voice, which we didn't talk about a ton, but I but I love when I can just like hear the student speaking. Yeah, and it's less formal than AP English mm-hmm. or AP History or whatever Joel used to teach. He no comment. AP history. He loves <laughs> AP History. <laughs> um, it's not that. Yeah, it's a super personal, super personal piece. Do you? This is way off the notes. But I know and we're running low on time, but I'm curious, how much does it matter? How much does the essay matter? Yeah, how much does, I think it matters a lot. Yeah. But sometimes well, at this I point, get, it's the only thing students have control over. Their right. GPA is set, you know, through yep. junior year, their course schedule is set, their life experiences are set. The only thing they can control now is where are they applying? And what does their essay look like? True. You know what I always say? I always comment about the essay is the only thing they have control of, but they have control with their college list. Yeah. I hadn't really thought of it, of that, but they do have, you're right, 100%. They do have control of that. But so, so I, I think it does matter. I think too, if you, you know, <laughs> I try to set the stage early on in these meetings of who's, who's reading your essay. Here's who's reading your essay. She's a recent graduate of the college. She's 24. And she right. has a stack of, of 60 essays to get through. She's, and she's hungry. And it's 6 p.m. <laughs> right. So that's who you're writing to. So how can you get her attention? In, that's great advice for counselors. Yeah, in, in 
six seconds, you know, or six sentences? How do you, how do you kind of, how do you, you hook them in that quickly? Right. Cause if I read something, I can tell if it's bad in like a first three lines. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. for that 24 year old, she's tired of learning about GPAs or tired of reading. This student is a real leader in my classroom and a teacher recommendation. They want to read something new because they're bored reading right. the same numbers and, you know, uh, activity lists or whatever. Like they want to read something that, that feels exciting and new. It's they're learning something about you and not about your high school or about what you read in your English class or whatever. This is like the only time that they get to read about you. So um, I think, I think that does have a lot of, of power. We've talked a lot about some positive things, but just to end on a positive note, and I've shared some of my examples, any favorite moments in college essay writing, like a particular story that you discovered with a student that just really stood out? My uh, So two positives. One is that I decided to quit smoking just now. Hey. <laughs> just now. You started just, yesterday, just and now, now. you're going to stop. <laughs> no, I remember this is when I was on the, the college side, but my favorite essay, and I try to keep this in mind, was it, um, when I'm working with, with high school kids. A student who had a summer job working for the city, and they had to clean up after like a parade or a, a fair or something like that. Oh gosh! This okay. kid and all of his buddies were in charge of the porta potty disposal, so they had to like. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's name was Brian. I remember this was 15 years ago that I read this essay. Right. And some of his buddies were assigned like the porta potties over there or whatever. So they have to do their system of of either getting them on the truck or whatever. And it was a hot day. Stuff is sloshing around, and his friends started throwing up because it smelled so bad. Oh my and god! Brian and his buddies are like, "Oh, look at like Jimmy over there. He does, you know, he's got a weak stomach. He can't handle it." Well, then Brian gets assigned to do the next batch, and he starts moving his portafies, and he starts throwing up. <laughs> and it was just the whole thing was so ridiculous that it seemed like a scene in like a Will Ferrell movie. But but I just remember like like it doesn't have to be an earth shattering thing. It could be like, what's the time you and your friends cried from laughing so hard? Like. That can be the small moment that yep. will teach that will teach the college a, a lot about you. Love it. If you can yeah, write I, about porta potties, kids, you can write about anything. Yeah, right, right. No, my, I mean, I just, I, I really enjoy, I enjoy the final product, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy that moment where I might stop a student mid sentence and just say, "That's your essay." Yeah, and then the relief that they have, that they found their topic. And they'll always ask them, do you think you can write about that? Yeah. And they're just, one, usually surprised that they get to write about something fun. Right. Like drag racing. Right. You know, and like, yeah, I can I can write about that. Yeah, if they're proud at the end of it, that's, that's a cool thing. They're not always proud of their Great Gatsby essay or their poetry analysis or whatever. You force them to read that book. They didn't choose it. But the essay right. is something that they can be they can be proud of. That's yeah. That's that's cool. And I, that, yeah, that's a good point because I do want them to leave, submit rather, proud of what they're submitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's. I mean, to me, that's to me that's some of the most fun aspects of college admissions. It's fun to get the text or emails about, hey, I got in here, got in there. Like that's 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 all great. It's better it's to just... get the Starbucks gift cards that say, I couldn't have done it without you. You know, <laughs> you get those. <laughs> That's awesome. Here's Panera on me. Just a little, yeah. just a little something. A little something to <laughs> Thanks for helping me get $140,000 coach. <laughs> awesome. Let's digest what we've, we've heard from Ken and now from Derry. 
uh, right after this break. Get schooled by Reeves and Ford. Chris, we've heard a lot of good stuff now, both from Ken Anselment and Derry Pickin. We've talked a little bit about stuff that Ethan Sawyer uh, talks about that you use in your admissions camps. So we have gotten a lot of information about the admissions essay. Anything that you've heard in the past two episodes now? that surprised you or makes you reconsider your own opinion about essays? Not, not a ton like to reconsider opinions. It's very validating for me to work with people and always just kind of hope that, that seeking those stories is the right thing and to approaching essays the way, the way I try to is, is the best way. And just hearing, hearing people who, know what they're talking about. I have a lot of respect for kind of saying a lot of the same things is, is, is fantastic for me personally. Uh, it's so I would, I would call it extremely validating. I would agree. The, um, I just, it, it's it, to me, the, the most interesting part was just hearing impressions from two different perspectives from two people that I'm guessing probably don't know each other, but both kind of went back to the same core message of 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 not having an earth-shattering story of of finding who you are as a person of telling your authentic um measure of growth you know um just just it, it was interesting to to see that come in both conversations um it really had a lot of similarities mm-hmm. in, in Ken's thoughts from the college side and then Derry's thoughts from the high school side, yeah. for sure. It's the same message, which is great because these two episodes were, you know, we, we did those back to back as far as producing them. And two different lenses are kind of giving the same message to students, which is boils down to be yourself, be insightful, show growth, and all is good. Yep, definitely. Cool. Well, let's move on to our most important part of the show, Joel. The four, wait, five lenses. To address all types of listeners to this podcast. All right. So let's start with if you're an independent or school counselor. Um, If you remember last time, I didn't have a whole lot to say because I wanted to wait until after we talked with Derry. So. Now that we've talked with both Ken and Derry, I think there's several points um, that I want to I want to make. Um, I also go into this knowing that I really enjoy reading and critiquing student essays. So here goes. If you're a counselor, one, be willing to read and discuss admission essays with your students. I think the counselor may be just as important of a reviewer as a pure English teacher, maybe because of our perspective of the process. Um, we want to help kids tell their story. Um, if we're not an English teacher by trade, I think we want to see good writing, but we don't produce perfect writing. So 
Um, we're not going to expect that out of our students. We want them to sound like the 17-year-olds that they are, uh, which leads to the second point. Critiquing and revising doesn't mean changing the student's writing completely. Um, we can help them, but let the student's writing and voice show in their work. Um, and point three, help them find their story and help them realize that all students have a story to tell. Uh, they may need help brainstorming and generating ideas, but help reassure the student that just because they haven't solved global warming or cured cancer, that doesn't mean that they can't produce a quality essay that shows who they really are. Well said, sir. Well said. If you're at a university, consider the student first. This is always a theme for us on Get Schooled, but in, in your decision-making rooms, it's really easy to lose sight of what students go through. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been arguing for years with one school in our area. I won't say it out loud, but you two know who it is. So instead of using a common app prompt, like just any common app prompt, they make students write an essay about a challenge, which is really similar to prompt two on the common app. So if a student does a different common app prompt, then that's, that's another essay. Anytime you create more work, you create barriers. That's just my opinion, and it's, a, it's the right opinion. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, so what this school should do is just accept any common app prompt, not narrow it down to it has to be a challenge. You know, and, and you know what? This particular school, most of their admission and scholarship decisions don't even need an essay. Like you're only, only at a certain point does the essay even matter at this school. So I've talked to people there. They, they have their reasons. They want to know a little bit about students' grit, that sort of thing. But in the long run, it hurts It hurts students more than it helps. So in that example, I say to universities, do not ask for more than you need. And stop trying to be so damn clever, Chicago. Ooh. Whatever – well, that's not my first example, but that's the people who try to be super clever. They need to stop doing that, but that's them. But – the theme of this point, if you're at a university, whatever you do, put put the students in the forefront of your decision making. If you're a parent, I'm probably biased having gone through this as a parent while also being a school counselor. And Chris, I know you have as well. Yep. Uh, but my thoughts are the same on this as they are on many other topics. Love your kid. Support your kid. Read your kid's essay if asked. Maybe provide a few suggestions if necessary, but do not write your child's essay. Do not significantly change your child's essay. Your child is the one applying to college, not you. If they ask you, can you get me something to drink? Can you get me something to eat? Bring it to them. Do not touch that keyboard, parents. Laying down the law. I'm just, I'm just being real. I know. You're, you're absolutely right. If you're a student, first, understand that you do have a story. Second, the essays are always about you. Even, even the YS prompts are still about you and what you need. The hardest part of college admissions is not the nuts and bolts of applying or, or any type of strategizing. The hardest part of college admissions is the deep reflection we're asking you to do. You may not have ever been asked to investigate who you are as a person or how you became this person. And these essays 
Colleges want to know who you are and if you understand those factors that influenced you. Be insightful about uh, being insightful about your development as a human. It isn't easy or automatic, but if you spend time doing that, your essays are going to rock. And finally, since Derry is still with us, Derry, what do you think if you're a teacher? If you're a teacher, assign a personal narrative essay before the end of junior year. Yes. Hey. Give, give kids a little bit of practice in what it's like to give their opinion on something or just to tell a story. It's going to prepare them better to write the essay. It's also going to make your teacher recommendation better and, and more personal. This is why we have guests, Joel, because they're, they're smarter than us. He and did that on better, the fly. And they give better advice than us. He did that on the fly. <laughs> he did. He Unreal. Did. So with that, it's time to wind down this episode where we are going to finish up today with Chris's words of wisdom. Chris, what's the word of wisdom for today? Words of wisdom. Thank you for your help on this one this week, by the way. No but, problem. But uh, today's, today's word of wisdom is collaboration. Maybe, maybe that's kind of a business-type way of saying connection or, or friendship even. But the concept of leaning on each other is, is important to me. Uh, a few weeks before this recording, Joel, you and I attended the Kentucky Association for College Admission Counseling Annual State Conference. It was the first time we were face-to-face -face in, in two years, and remembering how important it has been to connect was, was awesome. I mean, it was, it was just a very quick conference, but it was fantastic. And, and don't worry, everyone. We unapologetically promoted this podcast at every chance during, during the conference. But none of us, counselors, teachers, parents, students, can do this alone. None of us. Uh, just under 24 hours ago, I texted Joel and asked his thoughts on a school list I was helping develop for a student. So he replied He replied with some I thought of, which was validating, again, as a, as a counselor, and some I hadn't, which helped me come up with a better list. As we spent so much time apart over the last two years, it's just more evident than ever that our connections are important. I have a regular text group with Derry. On today, our past guest, Danny, and our buddy from California, Danny's college roommate, and he's also a college counselor. So uh, we mostly goof off and make fun of stuff <laughs> on that text group. But I actually rely on their expertise and help me stay in check, especially the buddy in California. He's never going to agree with anything. Maybe ever. I don't know. He's just kind of like that. But he, he's always insightful. And I really appreciate his, his willingness not to just go along with the crowd. Uh, so it's fantastic. And it, it, again, it's that connection is just, it's really, really important. So, so there you have it. The word of wisdom is collaboration, possibly the most important aspect of our work. And remember, you can always listen to Get Schooled on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can follow us on Twitter at at GetSchooled3, at AskMrReeves, and at the Mr. 4 d the MR4D. And on the internet at www.askmrreeves.com slash getschooled. Joel, tell our listeners about the next episode. So this is one that I know you've been wanting to do for a while. Um, and I actually started preparing for it the other day. And I found it pretty intriguing as well, actually. 
Uh, so kudos to you for suggesting it. Um, for the next episode, we're going to look at Sally May's study, College Confidence, What America Knows About Paying for College, and as I found out, by extension, what they don't know. Uh, we'll also talk about what the implications are for those of us in the profession. There's a lot of information to digest, but we'll break down the report for you next time on Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. I was about to do that transition that the the transition statement was from like three four episodes ago i know i, I saw that but you did a good job <laughs> i was like oh crap well let's get let's do it this I'll is do why it. we're professionals <laughs> yeah <laughs>